morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and whenever it is on this amazing December day, provided you're listening in December. This is Robert Bolden, Life Transformed, and this is Coffee and Christ. This is my weekly share of the daily practice that has transformed my life over the past several years, and it is my hope and it is my prayer that something that God, that the Holy Spirit is speaking through me today, reaches you. I pray that something spoken from the Holy Spirit today reaches you at a time that you really need to hear it. And I trust, because I know our God is always working. I trust that this is going to reach somebody today. And that is why I do this every week. So, If you're new to the podcast, this is totally spontaneous. This is all about me diving into several sources of the word and sharing spontaneously what comes to me as I go through. And it's been a wonderful journey for me. Those of you who are not familiar with me, um, my story is is one that, uh, you know, is all about the amazing power that comes when you give your life to Christ, when you follow Jesus the rest of your life. You follow him actively in your life. It's not a one-time event. Um, so that's that's what I want to start with. And now let's jump right in. And those of you who are returning, thank you so much for returning, um, continuing to like the podcast, share it with your friends, do all the things, because the more you promote it, the more this word gets out to the world. So let's jump right into the verse of the day. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. One of my favorite verses, Romans 12, love this. For those of you who are a little bit of a rebel out there, you, you are, you're in a state, maybe it's a season in your life or just a a time in your life or circumstances are going on around you that you see um, you see the patterns of this world you know what popular culture promotes you're like ah this does not resonate with me that is just fine if it doesn't resonate with you that's a good thing because here we go right in the bible it says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is exactly what we do at Life Transform. I love that this verse came up. It's what we do. We start with mindset. You join our community. It is all about the first purpose area that we take you to is mindset. And why? Why do we do that? Because mindset is everything. It's the foundation. How you set your mind. And there's a process that you have to go through to unlearn all of the programming that was put into you by society, by culture, by teachers, even parents, well-meaning people. Um, But what they put into you isn't who you are. So that's just a little tease. So get involved. Get connected with us at Life Transformed, and we can show you 
how that works and how you can begin to change that mindset, renew your mind, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I love that. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Because God's will isn't always what's best for me. It won't always be what's best for you. It's going to be what's best for the world. So so you may go through some things that God will use that you don't like, but God will use it based on your testimony, based on your um, continuing to follow Jesus through these trials. And he will use that. His will will be to use that for his good. And that is what is so beautiful. And, it, you know, my hope is in that. My prayer is in that. My life is in that. I am totally committed and totally surrendered to God for that very reason. I know his will and I trust his will is good. No matter what this world throws at me, his will is good. As long as I keep trusting in him and believing in him and having total faith in him. Faith is what is unseen. It's what I can't put logic around. It's what I can't make sense out of, but I just do it. I just have faith. I just trust in the promise of the Lord. His promise is always, always, and you're not supposed to say always and never, but I will say always. He's always good for his promise. It stood the test of time and it will continue to stand the test of time and will go on forever and ever and ever. Oh, I get so fired up with this verse. So good. All right, let's go on to the plan for today. And I am going into everyday discernment. Here's the devotional. How discernment is acquired. Discernment is not something to be obtained by completing a checklist or improving your head knowledge. Discernment takes practice and it takes development. Discernment takes success and failure in order to grow. Discernment can be used in an instant with the power of the Holy Spirit and can take a lifetime to refine. At no point as Christians are we flawless in our discernment. We continue to strive to be like Jesus, who was the perfect example to us. The number one place we have to look for discernment is the Bible. It is the infallible word of God that weaves a tapestry of redemptive grace through the history of mankind. I've got to take a note on that. Bible is the number one source of discernment. You know, because I oftentimes I think, boy, I've got to learn. It's going to be head knowledge, but no, this is actually refreshing. Um, this is very refreshing. Okay. <clears throat> is the infallible word of God that weaves a tapestry of redemptive grace through the history of mankind. Psalm 119.105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. Jeremiah 15.16 says, When your words came, I ate them. They were my joy and heart's delight. Another source of discernment is using the wisdom of people around us that God has put in our lives. 
This could include pastors, parents, friends, mentors, and yes, even spouses. We should never get to the point where we don't need advice from others. We can listen to what anyone says, but that doesn't mean we need to follow it. If the advice is relevant, aligns with the Bible, and would be helpful to our lives, then we would be foolish not to take it. I love those three steps. Relevant. So if you get advice that's relevant from the Bible, aligns with the Bible, and would be helpful. Then that is a good way to determine if advice is credible and that is a way to discern. So I'm just writing that down here. I also do a We Wednesday every Wednesday, <clears throat> jump on Facebook Live at about 12.45 Eastern, and I share big aha moments. This one might be on there next Wednesday. It's a great time. Jump on if you're available at that time. And jump on and comment. And take a look at what whatever is coming to us. We have uh, folks in our leadership group that join as well. So good time to interact with us. The last source of discernment that I want to address is the Holy Spirit. Love the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit fills us, we have access to the power of God inside us. Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit will teach you at the time what to say. <clears throat> Paul tells Timothy to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit in us. The Holy Spirit was given to us for God's purpose, purposes and not ours. Hmm. Yeah. That's subtle, but I think it's impactful. So if we listen to the Holy Spirit, it isn't always going to be in line with what we want to do. Sometimes it'll probably feel a little bit uncomfortable for us but know that spirit is there for God's purposes, not ours. I love that. Jesus in the book of John also calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. We are told that Jesus will be glorified through the spirit's work. The Holy Spirit is not subjective to our will. We are subjective to his. Since the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, we can use the spirit to discern what is true versus what is false. Which of these three areas, the Bible, godly relationships, and the Holy Spirit, do you need to utilize more for your growth and discernment? I would say, hmm, <laughs> maybe the Bible. Maybe the Bible. Um, yeah, I think the Bible is good. I tend to... Maybe direct references in the Bible I should use more for discernment in situations. That's good. I like that. More for discernment. So I, do, I believe I do a great job with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> 
How about you? Which one of these three areas? It's an interesting reflection. I'll have to reflect on that some more. What are some practical steps in how you can develop discernment in the above area? So for me, with the Bible, that's going to be just having that awareness to go to the Bible. Um, when I'm when I'm facing a decision or a circumstance. And, um, you know, a lot of times I rely on the Holy Spirit to guide me, which is good. But maybe it's relying on that Holy Spirit and then then checking in with the Bible. Even after the fact, I think it's good. Because that's, I like that. I like this awareness this has given me. So good. Okay, so your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. Psalms 119. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Boom. Good stuff right there. I think it's just um, really good. to contemplate these things because I'm just making a note here Bible others Holy Spirit sources of discernment Um, it's really good to kind of put a framework around discernment It's, it's helpful for me to do that now I have, I think, a deeper understanding. And I'm gaining a deeper understanding. I've been doing a lot of study on discernment lately. And this, this makes it easier for me. I'm just reading here. I'm about to go to the Bible itself, you guys. Okay, so let's take a look. I am reading, process of reading through the Bible. And I am in Jeremiah now. We're going to go to Jeremiah 43. And I've got like a little journal next to me and a highlighter that's how I read through the Bible and it's changed over time so you just kind of flow with it if you're new to reading the Bible this is the first time I've ever read the Bible all the way through so here we go when Jeremiah had finished telling the people all the words of the Lord their God everything the Lord had sent him to tell them Azariah son of Hoshiah and Johanan son of Kareah and all the arrogant I love it. All the arrogant men said to Jeremiah, You are lying. Oh my gosh. The Lord our God has not sent you to say you must not go to Egypt to settle there. But Baruch, son of Neriah, is inciting you against us to hand us over to the Babylonians so they may kill us or carry us into exile to Babylon. Dang, these guys are not believing. It's not good. I can tell you that. So Jonathan... Johanan, son of Kariah, and all the army officers and all the people disobeyed the Lord's command to stay in the land of Judah. Instead, Johanan, son of Kariah, and all the army officers led away all the remnant of Judah who had come back to live in the land of Judah from all the nations where they had been scattered. They also led away all those whom Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard, had left with Gedaliah, son of Ahakim, the son of Shaphan, the men, the women, the children, and the king's daughters. And they took Jeremiah, the prophet, and Baruch, son of Neriah, along with them, 
So they entered Egypt in disobedience to the Lord and went as far as Tapanese. And that is not good. I just, I'm, I'm, I know it's not going to end well for them. In Tapanese, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. While the Jews are watching, take some large stones with you and bury them in clay in the brick pavement at the entrance to Pharaoh's palace in Tapanese. Then say to them, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. I will send for my servant Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and I will set his throne over these stones I have buried here. He will spread his royal canopy above them. He will come and attack Egypt, bringing death to those destined for death, captivity to those destined for captivity, and the sword to those destined for the sword. He will set fire to the temples of the gods of Egypt. He will burn their temples and take their gods captive. As a shepherd picks his garment clean of lice, so he will pick Egypt clean and depart. There in the temple of the sun in Egypt, he will demolish the sacred pillars and will burn down the temples of the gods of Egypt. Whoa, 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 whoa. So let me read John Maxwell's version, his interpretation of Jeremiah 43, 8 through 13. Okay, it says, Jeremiah led the people primarily through his word gifts. He expressed his leadership using gifts of prophecy, teaching, and exhortation. Through wise use of these gifts, he became a master, became a master communicator. His book features at least 12 metaphors or word pictures that he uses to communicate God's message to God's people. Effective leaders find similar analogies and object lessons to make their point. Study and learn from Jeremiah, a master communicator. Master communicator. Jeremiah's 12 object lessons the almond branch, the boiling pot, the ruined linen belt, the wine skins, the drought, the partridge, the potter and the clay, the broken, two baskets of figs, the crossbars and yokes, the command to buy a field, the parable of the stones, which is what we just read, the parable of the stones. So good. And I think, um, you know, Jeremiah, is is fascinating in that he was serving God 100% in the people as we read today they they disobey the Lord and, and you know we know this story but I guess at that time the world was so different obviously but I think it just drives home the message to us in today's world that we need to believe in, in the promise of God. It's kind of like the, the verse of the day that I read as well, uh, Romans 12. You know, don't conform to the ways of this world. And, um, you know, these folks were, were really driven by fearfulness. They were fearful that if they stayed in Judah, the Babylonians would come and take them over. And anytime you act out of fearfulness, I've learned, that's from Satan. We can have fear, but if we're acting and living in fear, in fearfulness, that is where Satan takes over. So it's okay to have some fear. That's a natural emotion. But then don't act on that fear 
Don't act in fearfulness. Don't walk around the world in fear because that's where Satan wants you. All the people that I see, especially through the pandemic, that were walking around, masks on and just looking scared and walking in fear, scared to walk next to people and avoiding. I mean, it was crazy. That is that is acting in fearfulness. Uh, that's a great example of that. So <clears throat> I'm really fired up here, learning more about discernment. Hopefully you got a word from God some here, somewhere during this podcast. And thank you so much for joining me. Uh, until next Thursday, I'll be back next Thursday with another episode of Coffee in Christ. And join me tomorrow, Friday, I'm going to release Chasing Freedom, uh, which is normally on Monday, but we've got a special edition on community. And we'll have some offers for you in that podcast. So be on the lookout for Chasing Freedom tomorrow, Friday, December 9th. Okay, we will see y'all soon. Take care.